December 2nd. 1 John chapter 2, verse 18, through chapter 3, verse 6. Dear children, the last hour is here. You have heard that the Antichrist is coming, and already many such Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that the end of the world has come. These people left our churches because they never really belonged with us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. When they left us, it proved that they do not belong with us. But you are not like that, for the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And all of you know the truth. So I am writing to you not because you don't know the truth, but because you know the difference between truth and falsehood. And who is the great liar? The one who says that Jesus is not the Christ. Such people are antichrists, for they have denied the Father and the Son. Anyone who denies the Son doesn't have the Father either, but anyone who confesses the Son has the Father also. So you must remain faithful to what you have been taught from the beginning. If you do, you will continue to live in fellowship with the Son and with the Father. And in this fellowship we enjoy the eternal life He promised us. I have written these things to you because you need to be aware of those who want to lead you astray. But you have received the Holy Spirit, and He lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you all things. And what He teaches is true. It is not a lie. So continue in what He has taught you, and continue to live in Christ. And now, dear children, continue to live in fellowship with Christ, so that when He returns, you will be full of courage and not shrink back from Him in shame. Since we know that God is always right, we also know that all who do what is right are His children. See how very much our Heavenly Father loves us, for He allows us to be called His children, and we really are. But the people who belong to this world don't know God, so they don't understand that we are His children. Yes, dear friends, we are already God's children, and we can't even imagine what we will be like when Christ returns. But we do know that when He comes, we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He really is. And all who believe this will keep themselves pure, just as Christ is pure. Those who sin are opposed to the law of God, for all sin opposes the law of God. And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins, for there is no sin in Him. So if we continue to live in Him, we won't sin either. But those who keep on sinning have never known Him or understood who He is. This week's Bible Meditation, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ.
How, how do you really create love, joy, peace, patience? I've tried to give you tonight a catalog. I want you, when we go to the Lord's Supper, to look at your heart and to say, are these things growing in my life? If they are growing in your life, celebrate. If they're not growing in your life, then realize that here I am sitting down and I'm, I, I am willing to live at this low level when I have absolutely no excuse to do so. Now, how are you going to develop those things? Here it is. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified, and we talked about this last week, the sinful nature with its over-desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is contrary to the sinful nature. Now, I'll just summarize that. There's always, always two things if you want to grow in grace. You'll see this in Romans 8. You'll see this in Colossians 3. You'll see it in Hebrews 12. You'll see it right here. Every place, there's always two. Crucify what? The sinful nature. Does that mean just stop? No, no, no. We said last week that your main problems in life are the things that you want too much. It says crucify the sinful nature with its over-desires. Find those things which are too important to you, more important to you than Jesus Christ, that are running your life and creating the, creating the works of the flesh. And on the other hand, it says keep in step with the Spirit. Well, what does keep in step with the Spirit mean? It says the Spirit, we said last week, yearns. See? Look up here at verse, uh, don't forget this, verse 17. The sinful nature desires, and that's a word for over-desire, lusts. What is contrary to the Spirit, but the Spirit lusts too, it says. What does the Spirit lust for? The Spirit's in love with Jesus. The Spirit's got Jesus pinned up all over his room. The Spirit looks at Jesus. I know I'm getting close, but this is, this is the kind of language of the Bible. We are the bride. He is the bridegroom. And the Spirit is the best man. The Spirit is also the maid of honor. The Spirit is the person who's brought us together. And the Spirit's always saying, look, and, look how beautiful he is. The Spirit is always looking and seeing the beauty of Jesus Christ and saying, the whole reason you don't have self-control, the whole reason you don't have love, the whole reason you're worried, you don't see how beautiful Christ is. You just don't see it. And therefore, when it comes right down to it, this is the reason, by the way, why it does not say in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit are this, and the weeds of the flesh are this. It doesn't say fruit and weeds. It says what? Fruit and works. Why would, God, why would Paul deliberately mix his metaphors? Because the works of the flesh are something that you do, but the fruit of the Spirit is only something that you can open yourself to. Just like a gardener. A gardener doesn't make the things grow. The gardener just creates the conditions through which the power of the seed is released. You cannot make yourself loving and joyful and peaceful. You can't just say, I'm going to, I'm going to. No, uh-uh. You have to crucify it means you have to look at the things that you lust after too much, and you have to le learn to lust for Jesus. That's, you can go home and say, what did, the say what did the pastor say tonight was the secret to Christian growth? Lust for Jesus. But, you, you know, am I, being, am I just being risque? Am I just being devil may care? Am I being kind of avant-garde? I'm, I'm being Galatians 5.17. It says the spirit and the flesh are both lusting. Listen to the spirit. Pant after that which the Spirit pants after. The whole point, what do you think the point of the Lord's Supper is? To make Jesus real. You get something in your hand. 
You get something to feel. Hmm? You get something to drink. It's a way of saying, oh, Lord, be real to me. It's my whole problem. It's my whole problem. I don't need new circumstances. We talked about this this morning. I don't need new circumstances. I don't need new information. I need the truth about Jesus Christ to be so real to me that my desires for these good things become manageable. And as a result, all the fruit begins to grow. Psalm 121, verses 1 through 8. A song for the ascent to Jerusalem. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord, who made the heavens and the earth. He will not let you stumble and fall. The one who watches over you will not sleep. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never tires and never sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not hurt you by day, nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all evil and preserves your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. Proverbs 28, verses 27 and 28. Whoever gives to the poor will lack nothing, but a curse will come upon those who close their eyes to poverty. When the wicked take charge, people hide. When the wicked meet disaster, the godly multiply. Multiply.